0: Yes people, welcome to this week's episode of Echo Chamber And let's get into the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 30th of August to the 1st of September At number 10, The Informer At number 9, we've got Good Boys At number 8, The Secret Cinema Screenings of Casino Royale At number seven, scary stories to tell in the dark. At number six, Toy Story 4. At number five, Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. At number four, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. At number three, Angel Has Fallen. Oh, and the angel has fallen. At number two, at number two, the Lion King, and at number one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is this week's review, but let's get to, um, a little info first. Okay people, um, this one's to all the horror fans, the Mastonic Institute of Horror Studies, London announces its full lineup of lectures and events. Okay, so the Miskatonic Institute of Horror Studies, the world's longest running educational organization devoted to the study of horror history, theory, and production, is pleased to announce its full 2019 lineup of classes led by some of the genre world's most renowned critical, literary, and filmmaking luminaries. The miscatonic London unleashes a heady fall semester that includes bad trips and psychedelia in the acid horror of the late sixties and early seventies. The Corridor as a locus of angst and dread in horror film and fiction, adaptations and mutations of The Thing. And a career talk by filmmaker Gary Sherman, moderated by filmmaker Sean Hogan, in collaboration with Wales Arbitoire Film Festival. All classes at the regular branches are standalone events. Think a TED Talk, but with booze and horror. Though people can opt to buy a season pass for a discounted price. All information will be in the details of this episode. Okay, so, you know... Um, This will be taking place at the Horse Hospital, uh, which is um, in Bloomsbury. So you've got advance tickets of £12 on the door. They're £15 um, and the in-conversation events are £17 in advance, £20 on the door. You can get a season pass which is four classes for forty five pounds. So um yes, go to um go to the episode, and you can find out all of the uh you know all the ep- when all of this takes place. But I'll give you the dates. So Thursday the twelfth of September, seven till ten. The bad trip. Uh, this is psychedelic horror cinema, 1967 to 1972, and the instructor is James Riley. Then Thursday, the 24th of October, seven till ten, the Corridor Gothic, with um instructor Roger Lockhurst. And then Monday, the 18th, seven till ten, live from. The Misotonic, Gary Sherman In Conversation Moderated by Sean Hogan uh, So um, Yeah I think that's um, Oh and there's Thursday The 12th of December 7 till 10 Things from Other Worlds Adapting, Transforming And Translating the Thing Instructor Laura May. So uh, yeah people. They're all your dates. Now go to the episode. For all the information. And the links. Okay so. I've decided to finally go. And see. Once upon a time. In Hollywood. Which is written. And directed by Quentin Tarantino. It's starring. Um. Plethora of Hollywood talent. So we've got the likes of Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margaret Robbie, Emil Hirsch, Margaret Qualley, Timothy Oliphant, Julia Butters, Austin Butler, Dakota Fanning, uh, Bruce Dern, Mike Moe, uh, Luke Perry, which was Perry's last Ever performance um, Damien Lewis Al Pacino Nicholas Hammond So, and a lot more, right um, Now, the film Is this, basically Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time In Hollywood Visits 1969 Los Angeles Where everything is Changing, as TV star Rick Dalton played by DiCaprio and his longtime stunt double Cliff Booth who's played by Pitt make their way around an industry that hardly recognize they hardly recognize anymore. The ninth film from the writer director features a large ensemble cast of multiple storylines in tribute to the final moments of Hollywood's golden age. So um, I think yeah, so, you know what I mean, there was a lot of talk about, you know, being Tarantino's ninth film, like, he was, he's always said that he wants to make ten, and just ten, and you know, he saying, like, if this is well received, maybe this might be the last film, so there was all of this, and then when the film, you know, it, re- it was played in Cannes, it got good, a good response, and then when people saw this film, people were talking it About it as, um, you know, a masterpiece, Tarantino's love letter to 60s Hollywood, and all of this. You know what I mean? So there's all this huge talk about the film. And, um, yeah, you know, you just... It's like, you want to try and see something before you are tainted by all the talk, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I I took myself to the cinema to um, to check it out. Uh, It was also there was like the talk of the the portrayal of um, Shannon Tate and um, Bruce Lee. So there was all of this as well, you know, all these controversies, and it's just like ah, god damn it! Uh, Now, watching the film itself it's, it shot really well, you know, it looks great, it really does, you know, it, it's good filters, the, the cinematography is great, all of that, it, it's, you know, we've got some really nice shots in there, it, on that front, it works really well, it, yeah, you, you can't, I don't think you can really say anything against the look and the feel of the film. You know, like from just all the little touches, you know, the um, I think like the scenery, the, the clothes, just, yeah, all of that is great. And there seemed to be a lot of kind of visual kind of treats for people. Because people were laughing a lot, you know, like I think there was a scene when... Um, uh, yeah. Um, Booth. Yeah, Booth Pitts' character. He's gonna feed his dog, and he gets the dog tins out, and I could kind of see the camera. It showed the the full picture of the dog t- can, and everyone was laughing. So, and there was a lot of that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think people dig a lot of the kind of finer touches and and that from the film. Like, I couldn't see them. But, you know, you can hear the audience. So, there was all of this. Now, acting-wise... So, the like, from what I'd heard, people were saying that DiCaprio, Pitt, and Robbie were all magnificent. All putting out, like, flawless performances. And, um... I thought that was interesting, because I have to say, I thought DiCaprio was very good as Rick Dalton, you know, he really kind of brought the air of someone who was doubting the self, you know, someone who kind of felt that their place In the hierarchy of things. Was slipping. You know. Someone that constantly needed. Reassurance. To be able to. Kind of go. Because yeah. They were just concerned. Always concerned about their performance. Concerned about the other people. The way they looked at them. You know. The way they're performing. If they're still as good as. You know. They thought they were so he he really captures that that DiCaprio yeah he gave a great performance he really did Brad Pitt Brad Pitt like he was he was decent Brad Pitt was decent but to be honest it did just seem like A Brad Pitt that we've seen before in other films. You know? Like... I don't think... That you really got... Like... This character that... You know? Not really getting any work. You know? He's very reliant on... On on Dalton. And all of that. You didn't really get that. You just got Brad Pitt. You know? Which... You know, it worked for this role, but it wasn't It wasn't an outstanding performance, I would say. And Margaret Robbie, she just wasn't really in it that much. She wasn't in it that much, and she didn't say a lot. So I think, you know, to say that, oh, yeah, she was magnificent in the film, I mean, that's a bit much. You know, she was fine but you know like she didn't really do a lot so you can't you can't say she was rubbish you can't say she was fantastic she was just okay you know from what you saw of her and her character she was okay you know but yeah that's as i think that's as far as you can say really like, other people in the film, like, Julia Butters was really good as Trudy. Um, you know, she was a, a, a young co-star to, um, to Daunton. Um, yeah, Trudy Fraser on a um, a pilot that he was filming called Lancer. And she, yeah, she gave a, a good performance as this young Actress that really is buying into trying to be an actress, but you know, as she says, No, I'm not an actress, I'm an actor, you know. So you you really got that from her, you know. Um, so she was great, and a lot of other people put on good performances and everything, you know. Al Pacino was decent as Dalton's agent. You know, there was there was good performances. The film did seem very long. It did seem very long. Because we had all of this stuff at the very beginning. Then the film kind of jumps six months. And then we get the end. And the end is a really different tone to the rest of the film. You know, the end, from like a pretty passive film, you know, something that's just moving along at an easy pace, the end just ramps right up. Like, tonally, it's a 180. And it's, it's very violent. The end is very violent, Very crazy. But there's this disconnect from the beginning of the film. And you... Like, to be honest. There's a lot from the beginning that just could have been cut out. Because it has no real... No real impact or reference on the end of the film. You know? Like, the end of the film really... Yet most of the the beginning of the film. Doesn't really weigh into it. Doesn't really weigh into it. Because we just get this craziness at the very end. You know. Which look. I don't have a problem with the craziness. You know. It's fine. I don't really have a problem with the violence. And you know. The gore and just all of that stuff. But. Yeah. You do kind of think. Alright, so why did I bother sitting through that beginning, you know, I don't know how long, like two and a half hours or so, Um, yeah, you just wonder why did I do that, because I don't see how it kind of impacted the end, it didn't, you could have just cut all of that out and you've still got the ending, you know? So that, yeah, it just seemed a bit weird. It just seemed a bit odd. This weird juxtaposition of essentially kind of two films. So that was strange. Um, The whole Bruce Lee thing. The whole Bruce Lee thing was weird. It was just kind of weird. You know, because from, look, from everything that we've Read, we've seen, we've heard About Bruce Lee It was a weird Way to kind of Play the whole thing Like if you wanted To create this confronta- I think you could have done it in So many other ways Without kind of creating This caricature of Bruce Lee You know I it, It's just like You could have done it Without doing what you did you know, Especially when you're trying to show other things in this somber way So then to have Bruce Lee as this Weird, obnoxious, arrogant kind of person Just seems odd Seemed very odd Because it didn't, like You didn't even have to have it as Bruce Lee but essentially as well it's not a real part of the actual narrative of the film. So it doesn't even have to be in there. That's the crazy thing as well. It's a flashback. doesn't need to be there. So yeah. You kind of feel like. All right, so what was the big deal about including it? I don't know. I don't know. Because yeah. It doesn't essentially really fit in with the film. But yeah. There's a lot that doesn't fit in. You know, a lot of people are calling this a masterpiece and all of this. <sighs> like, yeah, as I said at the beginning, it shot well. It looks very good. You know, I enjoyed the music in the film, but it did seem to drag. The film, for me, did seem to drag. So, yeah, that's kind of, I think that's my take on it all. It's fine, but it's just, meh, you know, is it's, it's nothing spectacular. I w- it's far down on my list of Tarantino films, really, you know, doesn't, like, you know I preferred Pulp Fiction I preferred Kill Bill I preferred Jackie Brown Hateful Eight was better You know Django was better Like this is right down You know but yeah But listen A lot of other people have really Enjoyed this So you know This is just my Take on things you know For me it's a mere film You know as I said look DiCaprio really good performance. Um yeah, a, a a Julia Butters a really good performance. Timothy Oliphant does a good performance. There are some good performances in this film but like as a whole A hey, it's just it's average at best. It's an average film at best, you know, but yeah, just my thoughts, kids, just my thoughts. Maybe you enjoy it. It's going to be around for a while, you know what I mean? It's going to be around for a while. So, hey, if you're wondering, hey, you'll be able to go see this whenever you feel. But yeah, just my thoughts, kids, just my thoughts. Okay, so last week, the London Film Festival program was launched by the BFI. So I've had a chance to go through, and member booking lines open today. So these are the um, the films that I settled upon um, trying to see. So first up is Little Monsters. This was written and directed by Abbe Forsyth, um, And it's starring Lapita Yango, Josh Gad, Alexander England. Um, and the gist of the story is this: Dave, is at a crossroads in his life. Recently dumped, and with his aspirations of heavy metal stardom fading away, the eternal man-child is forced to crash on his sister's sofa. However, things look up when he meets the effervescent Miss Caroline, his five-year-old nephew's favourite teacher. Desperate to spend time with the object of his affection, Dave signs up to chaperone a school trip to the local petting zoo, but when the neighboring milit- military base accidentally unleashes a horde of zombies upon the unsuspecting farmyard, Dave, Miss Caroline, and their miniature posse must join forces to keep the flesh-eating army at bay. Earning its place alongside modern undead comedy classics. Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland. This raucous outing has more gags, gore and unashamed sentimentality. Than you can shake a severed limb at. Then we've got Premature. This is directed by Rashad Ernesto Green. Um... And it's written by Green and Zora Howard. Uh, and it's starring Zora Howard and Joshua Boone. Alright, so. Temperatures are rising in Harland As Ayanna, played by Howard, prepares to depart for a college writing program. Then Aisha, Isaiah, appears on the scene. Echoing John Singleton's poetic justice, I did love that film back in the day, Iana's arresting poetry charts the rocky terrain of first love. If the couple find themselves tethered to the reality of urban life at incisive moments they manage to soar within the lovescape, ...of their own making. The tender narrative co-written by Howard and director Rashad Ernesto Green... ...shifts between the um, naiveties, passion and fierce insight of a young woman coming of age. The combination of a profound central performance and the film's assured direction elevate premature beyond a classic... New York love story to something fresh and truly special. Um then we've got real. So this is directed, produced and written by Aki Omshayabi. Um and it's starring Aki and Pippa Bennett. Okay, so um Uh, So, yeah, what's it say? Omer deeply felt debut takes an honest look at young couple, Jamie, Bennett, and Kyle, who's on a as they struggle to manage personal hardship at the start of their blossoming relationship. Jamie leads the charge with quiet tenacity as a mother determined to create a stable environment for a young son. In tandem, Kyle puts the need to battle his own demons on hold and is willing to beg, steal or borrow to impress his new love. The growing intimacy between the pair is captured beautifully through um the naturalistic lenses Offering a slice of British life that, despite its challenges, manages to glow. Then there's Luce. L-U-C-E. I believe that's Luce. Uh, It's directed by Julius Honor. um, And it's written by J.C. Lee and Honor. And it's starring Naomi Watts, Octavia Spencer and Kelvin Harrison Jr. So, Luce, who's Harrison Jr., is a former refugee, a child soldier from a war torn African country. Seemingly recovered from his childhood trauma, he now lives in his adoptive country as the son of white liberal middle-class parents, Tim Roth and Naomi Harris—not Na- Naomi Watts. His high school's brightest hope. A fiercely intelligent debater and star athlete, Luce seems destined to achieve great things. But after he chooses Franz Fanon as an assignment to deliver a paper in the voice of a historical figure, Luce's English tever, teacher, Spencer, becomes suspicious that something darker may lurk beneath his highly controlled exterior. Shot on crisp 35mm. With production design. As restrained. Precise and potent. As sto- as the storytelling. This is deeply satisfying. Filmmaking. Disciplined. Canny. Provocative and complex. Like Luce himself. And then. Um, the final film. Is Wall. This is directed and written by Tom Cullen uh, and it's starring Jay Duplass and Tatiana Maslani. So Jenna Maslani and Leon Duplass, US expats in the UK, hook up and fall madly in love. Careers, ambitions, Insecurities and other people ultimately intervene, and a relationship falters. But this story isn't told sequentially. Instead, we see six time shuffled snapshots: moments of blissful connection or bitter rec- recrimination. <laughs> oh gosh, recrimination. That revealed the beautiful and brutal truth behind any romance. Um, Weekend star Cullen's debut feature is ambitious, extraordinarily accomplished, and deeply affecting. Each scene has its own visual style, from grainy 4.3, Academy Ratio, Intimacy widescreen status informing its dialogue and themes working from a semi-improvised script, Maslany and Duplass are superb in what's largely a two-hander and though Cullen's influences include John Kavassi and Mike Lee he's already on his way to creating his own personal cinema so that was my selection For this year's London Film Festival Of course There are a lot of other films that I will be seeing As I managed to sort out my press accreditation today So um, yeah Things like Greed Um, Oh gosh What else did we have Like Peanut Butter Falcon Um uh, Marriage Gap, the King Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, You know I mean they're all stuff that I'm looking to see um, and I should have reviews of all of those, hopefully might be able to grab some interviews with directors, writers, producers, actors, all of that good stuff, so uh, yeah, looking forward to um the second of October when all of this. Kicks off And um, remember Right so if you're not a member The General public Ticket Go on sale on the 12th Of September so that's next week people So Look through the catalogue Select your films and then make Sure that you hook yourself up Before all of this Goes yeah, Most of the things I've got um, you know, what I mean? they're the, they're the opening night screening, so that usually means that you've got cast and crew there, and they'll do a little Q and A before or after the film. It's always very insightful. Um, so yeah, don't miss out. Um, you'll find links in the episode description. So um, yeah, go check it out, people. Okay, people. So we're drawing to the end of another episode, and um, just a little bit of film news. So let's get to that. All right. So Peter Capaldi, who you know, what I mean, star of the thick of it, um, and he was recently the uh, Doctor Who. He has signed up for a role in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Uh, no details of who he'll be playing um, But You know what I mean This goes into production At the end of this month So I'm sure More details will um, You know what I mean Become available soon And the film is looking to Hit on the 6th of August 2021 Um Yo, all fans of um, Ari Aster's Midsummer. Well, if you're an Apple TV member, subscriber, whatever you call it, you will be the only ones with access to the recent director's cut of this. Um, so it's extended to 171 minutes and uh yeah it ju- it was released this weekend what well, last weekend i should say um yeah and apple tv is the only place where you'll be able to um check it out so it's going to hit digital um Yeah, on uh, the 24th of September. And DVDs, Blu rays, all of that stuff will be on the 8th of October. So, uh, yeah, you know. I guess if you do want to see the director's cut and you haven't um, got Apple TV, probably get to the cinema ASAP and check that shit out, right? Okay, so, other news. Um, Ronnie Mara has joined Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett in Galmiro De Toro's Nightmare Alley. Um, he's producing it with J. Mills Dale and Kim Morgan wrote the script. So the film is based on William Lindsley Graham's Novel about a corrupt conman that came out in 1946. So Cooper plays a conman and he teams up with a female psychiatrist to trick people into um, giving them money, which you know that's what conmen do, right? Uh, the funny thing about the description is He plays a corrupt conman And I'm like Yeah I think by definition A con man is corrupt Hence the con part You know what I mean? Um, and also Some other news Alan Trong um, And Seychelle Gabrielle Alexi Lauda And... Chibukeum Uch have um, all been cast in the Chris McKay sci fi thriller Ghost Draft, which is coming from Paramount Pictures and Skydance Media. So the story's about Chris Pratt, who plays a husband and father. Who is drafted to fight a future war in which the fate of humanity may rely on his ability to correct issues of the past. Does sound kind of interesting. Ain't gonna lie. And finally. Alright. So in a bit of news which has, I think, rekindled my interest Um, Ben Wheatley is going to be directing the, uh, the sequel to last year's Tomb Raider film, which was, um, starring Alicia Vikander. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, um, the film is due to be released in March 2021, yeah you know, uh, I think it's gonna be shot early next year and as Wheatley is directing he's brought on like writing um yeah like Amy jump who has written for him on mm, a lot of his previous films uh so I think that is promising. Uh, and um, Graham King and Elizabeth Cantillion are producing the film. So, um, yeah, because the script of the last film was not great. Like, the direction wasn't terrible. But um, there were some issues. So, I'm hoping that this will... You mean this will elevate things to a a more enjoyable, realistic, kind of just action adventure film? Which would be, yo, that would be a lot of fun. But people, that's it. We will see you next week for um, another episode of Echo Chamber. Peace.